Welcome to the Arthroscopy Association's Arthroscopy Journal podcast. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association or the Arthroscopy Journal. Welcome, everyone. I'm Dr. Andrew Sheehan from the San Antonio Military Medical Center. Today, I'm talking to one of the thought leaders in the exciting field of orthobiologics, Dr. Adam Ann. I've had the pleasure of listening to Dr. Ann speak on this topic on a number of occasions, and so I was particularly excited to read his paper entitled, Exercise Mobilized Platelet-Rich Plasma, Short-Term Exercise Increases Stem Cell and Platelet Concentrations in Platelet-Rich Plasma, and learn more about yet another variable we should be considering when it comes to PRP. Dr. Ans, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for joining me. Andy, thanks for having me today. Yeah, so before we get started and get into the meat of your paper, I'm hoping you can give us your two to three key things to think about when you're reading the literature on PRP. I'm confident that the listeners are getting the message that not all PRP is created equal, but I'd like for you to give us your approach to reading papers about PRP. How should we become smarter reviewers of papers like yours? Well, with PRP, it's it's a, a term that we've labeled so many products with, and I've, in my mind, I've gotten away from that term. And instead, I think a point of care blood product, because I'm taking blood, and at the point of care, I'm, I'm making a product with it. And with two simple principles, I'm making that product. And those principles are, first, that with centrifuge, you create a density gradient from a liquid. And so if I take blood, it's got a number of different components within it. If I put it in a centrifuge, everything's going to layer out based upon their molecular weight. And the red blood cells are going to predominantly get pushed to the bottom. The lighter materials are going to stay towards the top, like plasma. And then the in-between layer, or the buffy coat, is typically where we, we harvest a product. So that first understanding of, hey, I'm putting a fluid in a centrifuge and it's going to layer out is the first principle. And then the second principle is selective harvest. And by that, I mean, I'm going to select a component of what's layered out and it's going to be my product. Understanding those two principles are all you really need to understand and maybe think about further when you read all these papers to understand exactly what product they're reporting on. And so that's one thing that I really liked about this paper. Figure one, the whole intent of it was to help drive that point home. And so if that if that concept is still a little bit vague in your mind, look at figure one from the from the article, because the purpose of figure one was to help kind of drill that home that, hey, we're taking that blood, we're spinning it. And if we spin it hard and long, like with the Buffy coat based systems, you get a hard stack, which is predominantly platelet poor plasma at the top. That buffy coat, which has platelets and white blood cells and neutrophils in it, and the red blood cells at the bottom. And then if you alternatively take that blood and spin it a short time at, at say, five minutes at 1,500 RPM, you're going to get that top layer, which is, is basically plasma and platelets, and then that bottom layer. And that's the basis for plasma-based systems. So figure one, we really had a lot of fun with, and the whole purpose was to try and drive that point home so that readers could start thinking in those ways when they think about platelet-rich plasma. I see. And that and that distinction between the two then and that figure really nicely defines, I think, why you typically get higher volumes of product with the uh, plasma-based systems, correct? You got it. So with a system where you just do about a, a five-minute spin at 1,500 RPMs, you then select that top layer. You kind of have a top yellow layer and, an, and a bottom red layer. And you don't quite get a buffy coat when you just do five minutes at 1,500 RPM. But that's the basis for the majority of the plasma-based systems. Shorter spin, slower spin, and then you're taking all that top layer, which is a large volume. 
And that's the, typically the basis for the plasma-based PRPs, which are typically considered leukocyte-poor PRP. However, if you take that same sample of blood and you spin it harder and longer, you get that top layer, which is predominantly platelet-poor plasma, that middle buffy coat, and then that bottom red blood cell stack. And the plasma or the buffy coat-based systems take that, that buffy coat and it's their product, which has a whole lot of platelets in it, but also has other white blood cells and neutrophils as well, which it can be a little bit more reactive of a product. You hint at it in your discussion section, but tell us a little bit more about the impetus behind this study. What, what got your wheels turning and interested in studying this? Well, we know that an individual that exercises has a much different biology than an individual who does not exercise. And we started thinking along those lines when we were thinking about harvesting, whether we're talking about bone marrow or we're talking about blood. And then we started thinking about, well, I started looking at some of the, the physiologic literature out there that shows what happens when we have an acute bout of exercise. And we know that with acute bout of exercise, you get a, a sympathetic response in some instances, and that is accompanied by a cellular response, too. And so we know that people's white blood cell spike when they, right after an acute bout of exercise. Well, that got us thinking, well, maybe it's more than just a, a white blood cell spike. Maybe you are mobilizing some cells uh, to your bloodstream. And this is something that's been sorted out in, in other domains literature, but we haven't really brought to orthopedics. So that's what got my wheels turning. And then we started thinking about, well, we know PRP is different based upon the individual, and we know that we can't more than minimally manipulate blood due to FDA constraints. <laughs> but what if we could more than minimally manipulate the patient before we drew their blood. And that was kind of the, the concept. I, I know I can't necessarily take that blood and, and incubate it overnight on glass beads. That's considered more than minimal manipulation. But what if I instead, in essence, incubate the patient <laughs> before I draw their blood? You know, you what go. if I manipulate them before I draw their blood by with exercise? And so we got that thought rolling. And our first uh, purpose was to say, well, can we consistently manipulate what's in their blood and or the point-of-care blood products, i.e. the platelet-rich plasmas with exercise. And so that's where we went with this thought process. And so we wanted to just exercise individuals, take their blood, uh, manipulate, or, or not manipulate, just process it with a PRP device, both the plasma-based and the buffy coat-based devices, and then see what happens. And sure enough, we found that we could consistently manipulate the components of PRP with just exercising the patients before we drew their blood. And that was sort of first, the, our, this is our first proof of concept for that. And where we go from here, we're, we're still kind of pondering at this point. Mm -hmm. um, you guys mentioned, or I should say you observed, um, that the ANGEL system increased the post-exercise concentrations of neutrophils and hematopoietic cells, whereas the ACP system did not. What do you think are the potential clinical implications of this difference? I think it's more you can make a more cellular uh, leukocyte-rich PRP product that has a higher concentration of hemopoietic progenitor cells within it. And so that is something that clinically I've been using in certain situations. Uh, one example is if I really want to kick a slap tear with some biology, you know, I know that I'm, I'm probably not going to really get that that slap tear to completely heal with, with any sort of biologic injection, but could I kick it with a lot of biology in the right direction in an off-season? Uh, because we know we're not too thrilled with, with how our throwers do with returning to throwing 
at high levels. So that's one of the instances where I said, well, I know with leukocyte-rich PRP, I've, I've got a good amount of platelets, but what if I exercise these individuals before drawing blood to make a leukocyte-rich PRP? I'm going to have a lot. I'm going to have a higher cellular product. It's not going to be as cellular as if I do a bone marrow aspirate, but it's still a pretty cellular product. And so that's kind of the concept of where we're going with this. With these point-of-care blood products, I typically think two ways. Am I trying to dilute an environment to turn off inflammation, i.e. in the example of knee osteoarthritis, which you know, then I don't want a very cellular product. I want a plasma-based BRP that doesn't have a lot of neutrophils, if any, versus am I trying to kick biology in the butt and get it moving in the right direction? Uh, for instance, if I'm, I'm trying to get a lateral epicondylitis to heal or trying to push with some biology in off-season, you know, something like a slap lesion, that's when I want a pretty cellular product. And so I may not want a cellular product to the extent of a bone marrow aspirate, and I want something in between a leukocyte-rich PRP and bone marrow aspirate, then I'm going to do exercise-induced uh, leukocyte-rich PRP. And so the way that I think about this whole space is we are developing a golf bag. <laughs> and sometimes you need a putter. Sometimes you need a driver. Sometimes you need a five iron. And this this may be kind of like the three wood in terms of uh, exercise mobilized leukocyte rich PRP, whereas, you know, the pitching wedges are leukocyte poor PRP. I got it. That makes sense. I like that analogy. Or a third wedge. I need a third wedge. Um, <laughs> were you surprised by anything that you found? You know, no, I was not, um, to tell you the truth, uh, because the literature or this, there is a, a good basis of study within the sports physiology world about what happens when you exercise. Uh, so that combined with the reliability of these point-of-care blood product devices, it, it made sense. Uh, nothing really caught us off guard. You know, I think what we still are excited about is how are we going to use this to really individualize a, a point-of-care blood product? For instance, if I can consistently get a whole lot of monocytes and immature granulocytes and, and maybe expose them to some, you know, environment that's that's, that's not too uh, concerning to the FDA, could I preferentially get them to release anti-inflammatory proteins? And that is the whole thought process behind IRAP, to tell you the truth. Uh, and so that's kind of what we're hitting around is uh, that's in concept trying to take a blood product and really tailor it towards a, a disease process. I think that's where we're going. It's just a matter of first just consistently being able to do that. Mm -hmm. how, practically speaking, how do you uh, implement this in your clinical practice? Do you have people on like exercise bikes in the clinic beforehand or how do you do it? Well, so here's two ways that I do. Uh, one Practically speaking, in a, in, because I, I definitely try and practice medics in, in a practical way because we have to as orthopedic surgeons, mm -hmm. uh, you know, one thing that works very well for osteoarthritis and clinical practices is leukocyte-poor PRP if you've got a, a device that only takes you five minutes to make because then you can really run a clinic in an efficient manner. Uh, and so that's something that I use routinely. And it works very well. If you have one of these devices that makes you a leukocyte poor PRP in five minutes, and I, I think the the price point should be low so that the patients can get it, uh, it's something that you can really 
move into your practice and I've found that my clinical practice seems to to reflect what Pat Smith published with his experience. A three injection a series of leukocyte poor PRP at this point has the most evidence and is the best of what's around for osteoarthritis. So clinically understanding these point of care blood products helps you understand how that's going to help your patients with that indication. In terms of with leukocyte rich PRP, uh, in this study, at this point, when I've got someone who's got a, a good biologic system, they're a good uh, athlete, athletic person with some good biology, I am exercising in some instances when I really want a pretty cellular product that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit one of these pathologies with, such as a slap lesion as an example. Uh, the, the other side of that coin is if you are kind of moving towards the idea of bone marrow aspirate, and using it in your clinical practice. At this point, I'm not too impressed with the literature of bone marrow aspirate for uh, OA because the studies at this point are predominantly older sedentary individuals. Mm -hmm. Where I'm going with that is if you are really wanting to use a bone marrow aspirate product for, say, arthritis, try and pre-treat that person with exercise for about 30 days because you're going to really improve the cellularity of what's in their bone marrow if you do that. And so if if you do have someone who's say you know in their mid 60s with NeoA, think about getting that person's bone marrow ramped up before you do a bone marrow aspirate if if that's sort of what you or they are convinced they need for their knee. However, practically speaking, leukocyte poor PRP for NeoA is is a pretty effective treatment from my experience and from the literature too. So rev their engine up if you want to get the biggest bang. You want more biology. You, you got, got to just consider their exercise uh, baseline when you think about different treatments for them. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to, at the point of care, ramp up a cellular product, exercise them before you draw their blood. But it's a very rare instances where I'm doing that. Uh, not every time I have full blood for a PRP for sure. And also in instances where uh, I, I am... I've got someone who really wants a bone marrow for their knee, and usually I'm kind of saying, well, first consider leukocyte poor PRP, uh, but if that's what we want to do, you know, consider having exercise for for 30 days or so before I, I pull your bone marrow, because I know your bone marrow is going to be a, a much cellular, more cellular product if we do that. Well, Dr. Ann, this was great. I really appreciate your time this evening and, and clarifying some of these more salient points. Um, and thanks for expanding our knowledge and, and hopefully increasing or continue to increase uh, interest in our listeners uh, for this promising innovation. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. Yeah. So, uh, his article entitled Exercise Mobilized Platelet-Rich Plasma Short-Term Exercise Increases Stem Cell and Platelet Concentrations in Platelet-Rich Plasma was published in January 2019 edition of the Arthroscopy Journal and can be accessed online at www.arthroscopyjournal.org. Thank you all for joining us and have a good evening.